0: I help run a company called Impact Due Diligence Investigations. If you need anything in terms of investigative services, feel free to contact me at Impact. If I can't help you personally, I'll certainly direct you to the right person or agency. Hey, guys, welcome back to Boston Confidential. Just a few housekeeping items before we start today's show. I just wanted to let you know we've gotten a tremendous response to our episode on Pam Smart up in New Hampshire. I'm trying to give every New England state some coverage here. So we've covered Massachusetts ad nauseum. New Hampshire with Pam Smart. I've got another one coming up with Pam Smart. Really nothing to celebrate because it's a horrendous case. And you'll know what I'm talking about when I tell you what it is. But we've done Maine. We've done Ayla Reynolds. Got a big response on that case as well. So... I'm looking for some cases for Vermont. Nothing seems to jump to mind. So to my researchers out there, to all my friends out there in Boston Confidential Land, throw me some stuff on Vermont. I need some cases from Vermont. Maybe it's a better behaved state than the rest of New England. And we've covered Rhode Island too with the station nightclub fire. So I think all that remains is Vermont, really. Also, and most importantly, I believe you're going to be getting this show just before Christmas, and I want to take an opportunity to wish you a heartfelt Merry Christmas from my family to yours. And if you happen to not celebrate Christmas, I wish you a happy Hanukkah, which I believe came early this year, happy Kwanzaa, or however else you may celebrate. But whatever you do, raise a glass the spike eggnog, and say here's the Boston Confidential, not bad for a first year in business, full year anyway. Again, I want to say thank you to all the listeners out there. Have a great Christmas. Try to take some time off if you can. The holidays can be hectic. If you get some vacation time, I always found taking the week of Christmas was absolutely essential for me and my business. There wasn't a lot of work coming in in terms of investigations during that time anyway, and I really learned to just. Take that week if you can, if at all possible. Take a few days if that's all you have, but tune out, tune into your family, and enjoy yourself. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Guys, I also want to thank you for being patient with me. When I started out this podcast, I don't want to say it wasn't very good, but it was my intention for this podcast to get 1% better each episode. And I think I've done that I've kind of resolved some of the sound issues that plagued Boston Confidential at the beginning. I have a full-time producer who takes care of all my edits and sound and all that, and that's led us to some serious growth, and we're hoping to take that into 2022. I want to do more audience engagement. This is part of the job that I actually enjoy. I enjoy all of it, but I like to meet people. I like to talk to people. So we're going to do that come January. I'm going to set a schedule. I'd like to get out to a small gin mill. Maybe we can have a little Boston confidential night with a little spiked eggnog, I guess. Okay. And I think I owe you guys a little bit of an apology during the last episode, the Pam Smart episode. I misnamed Miss Pam Smart. I think I called her. Pam Stewart on some level at the beginning of the show. And I think it was only once. So I do apologize. That's an error. But what happened was I was reading about the Charles Stewart murders and about his brother Michael and how the majority of his brothers and sisters knew the plan here, or at least he was looking to kill Carol Demady Stewart. And I got confused with Pam Smart and the Stewart family. So... That was my investigation, and that is my full report. Sorry about that. All right, guys, we're on to a crazy case. I can't believe how much time has gone by for this case and for this kid. This is the case of Jesus Dela Cruz out of Lynn, Massachusetts, and he went missing literally without a trace in 1996, so it's been 25 years, guys. I remember this case on the news like it was yesterday one of the reasons the case is so memorable is this kid's face was everywhere and he was just this gorgeous little kid with dark hair big brown eyes and he's like little chiclet teeth you know how kids are at that age did i tell you how old he was i apologize he's six years old jesus de la Cruz was six years old when he went missing from an area right around the common in Lynn, Massachusetts. And I'll tell you all about the disappearance. Let me tell you a little bit about Lynn, Massachusetts first. Lynn, Massachusetts, I believe they say it's about six miles from Boston proper. It seems less than that, but I think you have to go through the communities of Chelsea and Revere, and then it goes to Lynn. In the Metro Boston area, Lynn is known for the Lynn Way, Route 1 where there's a ton of car dealerships and when I mean a ton it's all car dealerships really but the town of Lynn is kind of hard scrabble especially in the downtown area there's a lot of problems with crime housing seems to be an issue the area closer to Peabody Peabody Massachusetts is a little more well healed so that section of Lynn is a little bit better i guess you could say so Lynn has had its struggles and they've had their struggles for quite some time in 1996 when Jesus Stella Cruz went missing it was kind of the same as it was today i think it might be a little worse today it was kind of more of a small town feel back in the 90s in Lynn but again it's always had its problems and there used to be more manufacturing in Lynn more manufacturing plants I think there may have been a car plant there at one point, and I also think General Electric, GE, had a big plant there. It employed a lot of people. I don't know if GE is still there, but most manufacturing has left the Northeast and mostly the United States altogether. So I guess to describe Lynn as a scrabble community is probably accurate, and it still is today. This case is so strange, guys. This kid just disappears into the ether. Let me tell you a little bit about his family, and I'll get to the day of the crime just after that. Jesus Dela Cruz lived with his mom and dad in Lynn. Actually, scratch that. I don't know if dad was living at the home, but let me tell you what I do know about the Dela Cruz family. The mom was Magdalena Rodriguez. I've heard her described as Magdalena Rodriguez and Magdalena... Ramirez. And Jesus' dad was named Juan, Juan De La Cruz. Again, I don't know if this was an intact family and dad lived with them and they all lived together, or there was some type of separation. I don't know what Mr. De La Cruz's occupation was, and I don't know if the mom Magdalena worked outside of the home. What I do know, and there are many allegations to this effect, that there was a lot of drugs in the home. And I don't know if it was both parents, one parent, but it didn't seem to be a great situation, a great home life. And there's not a lot in there, but it's insinuated that there was a lot of drugs inside and out of that residence. They appear to be users rather than distributors of drugs, but That's what I believe. That's what I've gotten from my research. So I don't think young Jesus Dela Cruz had it easy in Lynn, and I think a lot of kids don't have it easy in Lynn, and that's kind of a sin of itself. But let's get to the day that Jesus Dela Cruz disappeared. That brings us to September twenty eighth, 1996, at about 6 p.m. The sun was still up, almost like summer. You know, summer had just ended, I believe and it's a great time in New England. Again, you don't have to change the clocks back for the time change. Stays laid out, I don't know, 30, 9 o'clock. Kid's dream, right? So, Jesus Dela Cruz is on his bike with a friend of his. Jesus, as I said, was six years old, and I believe this kid was of similar age. And people jump right to the fact that two six-year-olds are out riding their bike. But this was a relatively urban neighborhood, and the area around the common there is kind of a self contained neighborhood. So, if you're thinking, geez, I'd never let my six year old out on their bikes, eh, I don't have much of a problem with it. You know, I grew up probably a generation before that, and I was up and out at the crack of dawn in the summertime, playing in the neighborhood, playing with my friends. And the only limitation on me, was coming home at dark for dinner but regardless jesus de la cruz and his friend who's never been identified in anything i've read were near the common and i believe his friend had another bike but jesus was pushing his bike and his bike was a pink huffy bike a girl's bike so right away, that's got to make a six-year-old boy kind of angry, right? He doesn't want that bike, I'll tell you that. But now this bike comes up with two flat tires, and I believe the two boys were walking back towards the De Cruz residence, but I'm not entirely sure. Keep in mind, this is 25 years ago now, and I can't believe that aspect of this case. But I believe the two boys were returning to the De Cruz residence they may have been actually walking towards the common. I'm not entirely sure. I see a few reports saying they were heading from the common and to the common, but it's 25 years now, so the descriptions could vary a little bit, and the information is spread out all over the internet. So this is what I gather. Jesus de la Cruz and his friend, his friend is actually nine years old. He's a little older, so he's with a buddy who's a little older from the neighborhood. I could see a mother or guardian letting Jesus go with him. So they're walking in the area of the Lintown Common. And at that point, Jesus is pushing his bike with the two flat tires. It's a girl's bike. I can tell you from experience, that kid does not want that bike. But they see a guy who was known to them, a neighbor, pushing a boy's mountain bike and naturally this catches the eyes of Jesus Dela Cruz and his buddy so they get to talking a little bit and this guy i guess Jesus just comes out and asks hey can i have that bike i'm sure that's how desperately he wanted to get rid of this girl's bike right so he says hey can i have that bike and they get to talking a little bit and this guy and he is named and i'm going to give you all of his information in a second Says, yeah, you can have this bike. And they start walking, you know, they move on. But at this point, Jesus de la Cruz's friend was told to wait at a certain location for his dad to pick him up. And so he didn't go with this neighborhood guy and Jesus de la Cruz. So Jesus de la Cruz walks off with him by himself. And unfortunately, that's the last time anybody has seen. Jesus Dela Cruz. So I don't know what happens to Jesus Dela Cruz's buddy, his nine-year-old friend. I think he waits for his dad, does as he's told. But as the hours roll on, Jesus never returns home. And something that is kind of strange here, the mom, Magdalena, does not report Jesus Dela Cruz missing until midnight or just after midnight. Of, the, of September 28th. So she said she was out scouring the neighborhood, and I think she was. I think witnesses can attest to the fact that Jesus' mom was out scouring the neighborhood, and she finally calls the Lynn Police Department at midnight or just around that area. So this was 6 p.m. that Jesus went walking off with this guy. And she finally goes to the police station and they began a search for Jesus de la Cruz. He's six years old. The Lynn police didn't hesitate to get a search going and all this. And I think they wished that Miss, I don't want to call her Miss Dela Cruz. I think her last name is Rodriguez. I think the police wished that she had reported it sooner. But this is the situation we're in. So the police start this search and come up with nothing. And it's now midnight or just past midnight, and this six-year-old boy is either out on the street alone or something worse. So people start to panic. And the neighborhood guy, the man that Jesus de la Cruz's friend had mentioned that they had spoken with was a 26-year-old guy, Robert Levesque. What was Levesque doing walking with these kids or to these kids with a brand new bike. I don't want to call it a brand new bike, but he had a boys mountain bike. And it could have been 10 years old as far as Jesus was concerned. But this guy was known to them. He was a neighbor. And one of the factors that stand out about Robert Levesque was the fact that he had a dog that had one white eye and one brown eye. And if you've ever been in an urban neighborhood, sometimes you know people by their pets, you know. I'm kind of spread out here in the suburbs, but when I was in the city, I know who owned what dog. But the different color eyes, you know, they put that right on Levesque, and other kids in the neighborhood knew him. And pretty soon they get to the nine-year-old friend, and he says, yeah, I had to wait for my dad. But he walks off. The nine-year-old says they were walking towards Lintown Common. And that's, again, the last time anybody saw them. So I have a conspiratorial mind. So this guy is walking towards Jesus de la Cruz with a new bike. Jesus has a girl's bike, two flat tires. Is this kind of a grooming operation? Did he maybe slice the tires at one point? Because they did. This guy, Levesque, lived in the neighborhood within a block or a half a block of the Dela Cruz residents, right? So did this guy have an attraction to Jesus Dela Cruz and do something to his bike so he could come up and be the hero and present him with a new bike? Grooming, right? I don't know, question mark. But pretty soon they get to Levesque. And I've researched this guy. I'll tell you a little bit about Robert Levesque as we go researching the name Robert Levesque, it's a French surname. And I think Levesque is kind of like Jones or Smith. It's a very, very common name in the United States and in Canada. So Levesque never really accounts for why he's walking down the street with his dog and a boy's mountain bike. I've never gotten that explanation. And the nine-year-old friend of Jesus de la Cruz says, yeah, they had conversation, and he was going to give that bike to Jesus, right? It's just odd. It's just an odd encounter. But the police end up going to Levesque's house, and there's some type of arrest. I don't know if they arrest him or he had warrants, but he gets taken into custody, and he's ultimately charged with some stolen motor vehicle offenses. I think they were misdemeanors, but I think the police were looking to put the handcuffs on this guy, Levesque, and see if they could get a search warrant for the residents, because that's just odd behavior. And he is the last person to be seen with a missing six-year-old boy. So did the cops want to get into his apartment? Yeah, they did. And they eventually did. So the police continue to investigate Levesque, and they find out on the day of the abduction, Levesque had called in sick from his job as a store clerk at Marblehead, and at that time he lived on Western Avenue in an apartment, and that's the apartment they searched, but I think his parents lived nearby as well. Forensic science wasn't really where we are today in the 90s. It was coming into fruition, but damn, I think the first time DNA was used was in 1995 in the O.J. Simpson trial, so... Not everybody is thinking DNA at that time, and I think if they were, we might have a different outcome here today. Jesus de la Cruz is still missing. So they searched the apartment. They searched the cars. I don't know if these motor vehicles had been reported stolen or what, but that's what they ended up pinching Levesque for, and they actually hold him on those charges for a few weeks. But Levesque doesn't crack under questioning, and they have to release him at a certain point. And I think that's the last time he was in custody for this case. They continued to try to talk to him about it, and I think he did cooperate to some level. I don't know if he ever ended up questing an attorney and have the questioning stop. But, man, that's just some odd behavior, right? You're the last one to see a 6-year-old boy and you're giving him a bike, and now he's gone? A little nutty, right? So the Lynn police ramp up their investigation, but they're really getting nowhere. This kid seems to have just vanished into the ether. They keep their focus on Levesque, and who wouldn't, right? But the case kind of goes cold, and when the police don't give any information, people try to fill the void with their own information. So I don't know how much of what I'm about to tell you is true, but there's a lot of talk about drug use at the Dela Cruz residence, and it seems to focus on the mom, Magdalena. People were saying that somebody else in the family took Jesus and shipped him off to Puerto Rico or New York City or the Dominican Republic. All these stories had their turn. People were concerned with mom's drug use and thought Jesus would have a better life without her. But this kid's six years old. If somebody, a family member takes him, right, and brings him to New York City, Jesus still remembers his mom. He's going to want to call his mom. And now it's been 25 years. No word, no nothing. And who would do that to the mom and dad? Like another family member? Yeah, That's just odd behavior. And people also said that Jesus was taken because of a drug debt. That doesn't strike me as true, right? And drug deals is a kind of like organized crime. If you take somebody's kid, are they ever going to pay you the money they owe you? And people used to say all the time, oh, geez, he owed the mob money, right? And they killed him. Well, they, mob doesn't kill you when you just owe money. They kill you when you don't pay, right? So they want you to owe them money, right? That's the business. They just want you to pay it from time to time, right? <laughs> So common sense would say, if this was a drug debt, are you ever going to get paid? No, they just want to get paid for the debt. And does that happen where people involved in drug cartels punish your family and all that? Yeah, it happens. I think they do it in a bit more of a boisterous way, shall we say. This kid was last seen with an adult in the area, unmarried, 26. I don't know, do you expect somebody to be married at that age? And he happens to be walking down the street with a kid's bicycle. Man, It just, it's fishy. It's fishy to me. So in the intervening years, there have been sightings of people who thought they believed that they saw Jesus de la Cruz. But this is a cute little dark-haired kid. I could see him being mistaken all over the place, you know. And people are trying to help. They think they see him. I just don't know if any of those sightings were valid. You know, it could just be people trying to help and a thousand people look like each other, right? But Jesus has never been found and it's just a horrible thing. So I believe that this guy, Robert Levesque, who was 26 when this occurred, was the person of interest for many years. And I'll tell you a little bit more about him. It gets a little more disturbing, a little more odd. No evidence of homicide, but some oddity, no doubt. All right, let me just tell you a little bit more about Robert Levesque in an article I had read during my research. This article is from the website itemlive.com. And during this interview, it quotes a detective, I think he was a lieutenant at the time, by the name of Carpinger. And during this story... I read it says, Carpenter said Levesque is not considered a suspect at this time. So does that end the story? I don't know. That's the first time I've heard that, that he had been eliminated as a suspect. So I'd like to see it again in another publication. And I haven't come across it. And I've just reviewed some relatively new work by Bob Ward of Channel 25. And Bob Ward seems to think that He is still a suspect, and the police still consider him one. It's just a little odd. It's a little odd. I don't know if this website is accurate. I had never really heard about it before. And it's called itemlive.com. I'm going to put it in the show notes, and you can look for yourself. The byline of this story, it's written by Daily Item staff, but it's dated 2016. So I'm not entirely sure. I mean, what I had reviewed from... Fox 25's Bob Ward was more recent, and he is acting like LaVesque is still a subject. But regardless, let me tell you in the intervening years, in recent years, LaVesque has had some odd behavior. And I picked that up from Bob Ward's story as well. And I'll try to put that in the show notes as well. So I guess you can tell I'm a little thrown off at that article stating that LaVesque wasn't a subject, but. Bob Wood in his article, I'll post this as well, he says, we also took another look at Robert Levesque. He remains a person of interest in the Jesus de la Cruz investigation. Police believe Levesque is the last person to see Jesus on the streets of Lynn on September 28th, 1996. This story is dated 2021, and it's from a local Fox affiliate, Fox 25 and Bob Wood, who I trust. Do I trust that other side as much? No, I don't. But they did have some good information and a decent timeline. I just don't know if they're mistaken in terms of the interest the police have in Levesque. So one of the things that Bob Wood points out in this article, and I'm sure it was on a TV segment as well, in 2009, Robert Levesque was arrested for stealing a Lowell Fire Department car and leading police on a chase. When the cops catch up with this guy who steals, it wasn't a fire truck, but it was a fire car, you know? They catch up to Levesque and he was dressed as a Lowell Fire Department official. What does that say? What does that say? That's nuts. That's insane. He's dressed as a fireman. People trust firemen, and you know who really trusts firemen? Kids. And they'll trust a fireman in a car, right? In a fire uniform, right? What's going on? That's just odd. It's not explained. It's simply not explained, not in this story. But Mr. Levesque's strange activities don't end there. On July 14th, 2021, Lowell and the state police were called to the Heritage Park. It's a big park in Lowell. A man was operating a white Crown Vic interceptor model. You know, the unmarked police cars that everybody can tell are police cars from five miles away. It was complete with an emergency lights and siren. The lights and siren were on, and people complained about the man who was walking around the bandstand. They thought he might be impersonating a police officer. When the cops arrived, they found a man, Levesque, wearing a Fox 25 News jacket. The man allegedly told responding police he was a Fox 25 News photographer. And naturally, Fox News says... Mr. Levesque never worked for them, never has. So let's delve into this a little bit, right? Impersonating a fireman, stealing a fire vehicle, and then this Crown Vic with the Fox News windbreaker. What's going on? He's trying to do things to get people to trust him and maybe go with him, no? That's my take on all this. This is some severely odd behavior. And that combined with this guy, seemingly knowing that Jesus de la Cruz wanted to get rid of his bicycle, oh, guess what? Here comes a guy and his cool dog with a bike. And they said Jesus could have it. Trying to build trust, trying to build a rapport, right? Is that what was going on with the fire vehicle? And then at Heritage Park and Law, this is some severely disturbing behavior. Man, I don't know if they had any opportunity to take this guy's DNA, but, jeez, that would be a good thing, I think, to have him in the system. So I don't know what Levesque's reasoning was or what he told the police why he was dressed as a fireman or why he had the interceptor model, the Crown Vic at Heritage Park. And people are pretty perceptive, and they called to complain thinking that this guy was attempting to make people think he was a cop or a reporter, right? And good thing in calling, really good thing, fellow citizens, that you did there. I don't know what this guy was up to, and I don't know the explanations he gives to the police. He was arrested on the fire department thing for relatively minor charges. You know, you're not going to prison, you steal one car. And then, I don't even know if he was charged, I don't know if there was a criminal charge from the state police. For the Lowell police for his activities at the park it's just odd extremely odd behavior but most of it isn't criminal right and without a body without dna this guy will never confess it would seem this guy has a dark side and he wants people to think he's something he isn't for some reason right he may have wanted jesus de la cruz to think he was a nice guy with a cool dog and my neighbor's gonna give me a bike right and that's the last time he's ever seen and then he's pretending to be a fireman right and then he's pretending to be a newsman or a reporter he seems to be like lost in sesame street on occupation day right so if this ever does come to trial People think they saw him all over the country, right? They think they saw Jesus in Florida, in Puerto Rico, and that may hamper future prosecution because they say, okay, yeah, John Smith in Miami said he thought he saw Jesus there and somebody else thought he saw somewhere else and he is alive. So that may hamper prosecution going forward, but I don't know. Hopefully, they get to the person who did this. Was it Robert Levesque? I don't know. Is there solid proof on this case? He was the last one to see that kid alive. And now he's playing games, trying to get people to think he is something he is not. What is the point of that, guys? What is the point? He just likes to play masquerade? I think that's all I have for you. There's not a lot of evidence in this case. and. The history of drug use in the home, I think that hampered this investigation, and I just don't know. Jesus's dad remains in contact, at least annual contact, with the Lynn Police Department, and one of the detectives who was interviewed in some of my research somewhere says, you know, the phone call always ends the same way with Juan De La Cruz. Breaking down and crying at the end. I think that man has been deleted from the suspect list. And is Levesque the only one on the list right now? I don't know. They keep that so close to the vest. And I hope there's some resolution in this case. Again, I didn't think there was going to be any resolution in the Molly Bish case. They seem to have solved that. So there is hope here, guys. And If you know anything about this case, give the Lynn Police a call at 781-595-2000, and you can remain anonymous. The Lynn Police also have an anonymous tip line you can text into. I don't have that number for you, but if you're concerned about not being anonymous, that's not a concern here. You can leave these messages. You can log on from the internet and leave a tip. They don't trace it. If you don't want to tell them who you are, they don't really want to know. They just want to know the information you have. So if you have something, right, reach into your heart and tell the police department. Even if you think it doesn't matter, even if you think it's nothing and it's been 25 years, they would have gotten to it a different way. Give them a call and tell them. That's how some of these cases are broken. So be a good citizen. Be a good neighbor. It's Christmas time, right? All right, guys, I'm going to leave you there. Like I said, there's not much evidence in this case. The police kind of keep it close to the vest, so I'm gonna leave you there. We'll be on to the next one. All right, I'll see you on the flip side.